as of Friday, October 23rd, 2020, I have a brand new EP available on all the major digital music platforms. It's a collection of six songs that all fit the theme of this episode, actually. They all have something to do with justice. In the vein of early Dylan or the Avid Brothers Gleam records, this new EP is acoustic-driven, socially conscious, and it was a labor of love. It's called Make an Honest Stand. Check it out wherever you get music, and if you like it, spread the word. Say one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. You're listening to Song and Story, conversations with songwriters about their songs. You can support this project on Patreon, and you can listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Learn more at songandstorypodcast.com. Writing songs about justice or injustices that occur in our world can be a strange process. This is something I'm going to dive into more deeply in an upcoming bonus episode. But for now, I'll pose this question. How can we address and sort through serious problems in artful and thought-provoking ways? Artists so often have this inclination, it seems, to put their art at the service of their neighbor and of humanity as a whole, to keep burning the flame of our collective conscience, to cry out in the desert of Spotify, something is wrong here, do you see it too? And hope that someone else does. My featured guests this episode are Jenny and Tyler. They're a husband and wife duo based in Music City, Tennessee. I recently had the privilege of meeting them for the first time when we all ended up in the living room at the Love Good studio in Nashville. We all took turns playing a handful of songs while keeping a healthy social distance, of course. And when they played a powerful, unplugged, acoustic arrangement of the song that you're about to hear, I was instantly drawn into it. From their 2018 album, There Will Be a Song, this song is called Water's Roll. This is a justice song. This isn't an attempt to be political. This isn't an attack to try to make us feel culpable. This is an invitation to watch the waters roll and write new songs worthy of a listen. I'm not trying to be the better man. I just want to know the love that's held these hands and try to feel and dream and understand. Watch those waters roll Where they never gone before Roll Roll down Roar loud Resound, resound I have heard stories of miracles Coming. 
Every color tongue and cast is free And all man's wickedness is finally seized With every mountainside eight or nine years ago I was up late and I decided that I was going to listen to all three Creed albums from start to finish in in order and at a certain point I couldn't wait for it to end but I I pushed (laughs) but I I pushed (laughs) you made it yeah I was one of those things I was like yeah I'm not sure why I liked this. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, what was that like to listen to him uh, now? I mean, I can still listen to my own prison and, like, enjoy those songs. Like, if we are randomly... Do you remember when we were in the van with Kyle? Like, we were in our... We were playing a show or something, and we got in the van after and turned on some old Creed. And, I mean, we were all, like, having a blast. Oh, sure. I mean, and part of it's the nostalgia of it all. But, like, it's... It's fun that old that old stuff, and then it just got a little strange, <laughs> a little strange. Well, I started with with human clay, oh. so I went so I went back. Isn't that to, to my own prison? Oh, you start okay. I that was the first. That was the first one I owned on it. Yeah, right. with higher. Okay. Right. That's got okay. Yes, human clay, is, and then one of them has that with arms wide open one. Yeah, that's on human clay. That's on human clay. Yeah. All right. It's kind of a weird. I remember being at a, a junior high um, hayride, and this guy was like, "I just got this new record, like the new Creed record," and 
I'm, he gave me like his, you know, disc man or something. It was like, I really want you to hear this song. And he played with arms wide open. And I think he wanted me to think he was like really sensitive Fascinating. or something. And like, I should be interested. And I was like, okay, this is weird. He's like, this is me. I'm going to be a good dad. Someday. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. Oh man. We've gone way off course. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's my fault. It happens every time. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, let me see what I can do here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, I like, the song, it's it's cool, man. Like, I, there was something so powerful about it for me just sitting in that living room with maybe eight, maybe eight other people. Yeah. And hearing you guys belt this out acoustically, it was powerful for me plus you sound checked with it and then you played it again so i got to hear it twice um but you prefaced it by saying this is a justice song and then you didn't say the title you just you didn't say anything else about it you said this is a justice song and then you went into it and the very first lyric uh this isn't an attempt to be political this isn't an attack to try to make us feel culpable this is an invitation is is that how the song began, or is this something you kind of went back and added at the beginning, as almost like a disclaimer? <laughs> like what, what, <laughs> like what's the origin of this? Because I feel like I get a lot of the imagery, and and we'll get into that. But um, who brought the first kind of morsel of it to the table? Like what's your process? What's your collaborative writing process like? Well, Denny just informed me that on this song she had nothing to do with it. Is that true? Well, I would say that when you showed it to me, it was very much other than the chorus, very done. Like maybe maybe we worked on some lines together here and there. And I know we worked out like the key and the melodies and stuff. Um, so maybe it wasn't done, but like <sighs> it felt like the lyric was primarily completed. Sure. Um, yeah, I... I don't have I, – I remember working on it with Ben mm-hmm. and and actually Ben – so Ben Shive is a, a co-writer on this. He helped us to solidify the chorus. I think to answer your question, the beginning, like this subject needs to be discussed and it shouldn't be a political subject and we don't want to go there, but justice – is actually I just read this this morning. Justice uh, cannot exist without love, and love cannot exist without justice. And if we want to live a life of being fair, is another way of putting it. Um, treating people with fairness uh, and standing up for the rights of people who might not be able to stand up for themselves. I think we, we just need songs like this one. And, uh, and we need to be reminded of, I mean, I could go on, um, but to, to answer, yeah, to go back to your question, it started with, I think with that opening line, I'm not sure if the chorus had formed yet at that point. What, what was the, like the catalyst for it? Do you remember? Was it something you'd been reading um, was it 
a specific thing in the news or, or that was occupying your mind, like a specific injustice or just contemplating race relations mm. in America? Well, this was before this was, I think this was released in, I don't know, October of 2018 or something, or was it 2019? I, I don't know. We, I remember we did the Patreon demo for it, like in 2017 or 2018. Yeah. Um, so the majority of the song was written for then, but uh, I think the justice issue we have felt most drawn to consistently for the past 10 years or so is modern slavery, bonded labor and, and sex slavery uh, throughout the world and, and also in America. So the, the race relations, um, certainly the song can apply to that issue of injustice. Oh, I, yeah. I, I think anybody hearing it for the first time now, like right now, that's probably what they're going to think of. Yeah. I, yeah, I sure. hear you. For sure. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it was about 10 years ago when we did a cover of The Sound of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel and people rallied behind it and it did, it did pretty well. And uh, so the song started raising money and awareness for this organization called International Justice Mission. And they are a fantastic organization that fight modern slavery, that kind of correct uh, broken justice systems throughout the world. And so we've written justice songs over the years. I think that, that this one specifically was inspired by uh, John Foreman and Audrey Assad writing from... Um, from a passage in the Hebrew scripture, um, the, the book of Amos and specifically chapter five, basically we've, we've, uh, plagiarized that, um, <laughs> verse like 23 and 20, verse 23 and 24 of chapter five, Amos chapter five. And I think it's a, it's a pretty well-known passage in the kind of just like social justice, sphere uh that like i hear it quoted from time to time i think martin luther king jr quoted from that passage it goes like this it says away from me with the noise of your songs to the melody of your harps i won't listen but let justice roll down like a river and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream I wanted to write a song based off of that passage because it's so it's so strong. the The language is um, that God is using uh, there to the Hebrew people. It's so it's so. I mean, He's saying, "Don't sing to me." He's saying, "I don't want the 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 rituals and the religion stuff because you've forgotten about what really matters." And, and that is justice, fairness, you know, treating people fairly and also like making sure that people who are oppressive and violent don't continue to be like there is justice so that they cannot continue to be oppressive and violent and so that the people who are oppressed 
and violated can be protected. And, and that is part of our job. If we're Jenny and I are both followers of Jesus, that is, I don't want to say it's a job to follow Jesus. Right. Um, but part of, um, of following him looks like defending the rights of the poor and seeking justice. Yeah. I wanted to tell you in the production of the song during that crazy, like the, ah, part, the like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So very, very faintly all like mixed up in, in the background. You couldn't, you wouldn't be able to tell. There are people in all different languages um, speaking that verse, the um, Amos, what is it, Tyler? 523-24. So we have people. Just like read, just reciting. Just it. reciting it. Yeah. And like how many different like we, we asked a bunch of friends and then like our patrons, if they, you know, spoke any, you know, languages other than English. And we got a lot of people who submitted um, tracks. So I, I think it's a really cool thing. Yeah. That and, is awesome. And that actually will be part of the new version too. I'm planning on putting strings to do that. The bum, 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 bum. Um, and then raising up the chorus during that crazy, sec- crazy bridge section uh, so that you can hear more of, of what's going on because there's no, there there's a choir of of people like doing these like ahs and amazing things in addition to all these different languages. Um, so I think hearing more of that will be pretty interesting. How did you get involved with International Justice Mission? And did this song coincide with what you were learning through them, or? Was there a specific person's story that you had heard about that kind of stirred it up? I will tell you now that there wasn't a specific instance that I can remember that inspired this song. Um, I think Audrey released a record that had a justice song based on this Amos 5 passage. And then we had been listening to John Foreman on one of his like spring or summer, one of his seasonal EPs yeah, yeah. that had was basically a paraphrase of this passage in Amos 5 as well. So I remember thinking, I want to write one of those because I think that this passage needs to be, the, the message needs to, to go out. Uh, it's not going out enough and it needs, yeah, it just needs more attention. So with regards to International Justice Mission, we first learned about them in college. Jenny's roommate from college. Uh, you want to talk about it, Jenny? Sure. Um, yeah, we first learned about them in college, which was a while ago now. Um, and then, yeah, my roommate started working for them uh, right after we graduated. And uh, we were invited on a tour with um, Sarah Groves in 2011 and it was on that tour that we became like very acquainted I guess with what they were doing Sarah um she spent at least on that tour but I think on most tours she spent a big chunk of her time speaking about IJM 
telling stories of rescue that were just like, I remember hearing some of these stories. The, the, the one that she told the most on that tour was about like the biggest rescue they'd ever had at that point. Um, in 2011, they rescued over 500 men, women, and children, like families from a brick kiln. And like at, at once? At once. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And like she's talking about how some of these, um, like the whole reason it happened, I think, was because like one guy was able to get like to a phone, like a pay phone, and make a phone call. Like, essentially, and tell his brother where he was. And then, like, the police did a whole investigation, you know, and then were able to have evidence and get these people out and stuff. But um, she was talking about how, like, some of these families don't even know that they even can be free. Like, some of these children are born into this or um, they're, you know, they're, they're in, like, serious debt to the like slave owner they're in like serious debt to that person because of just how unfairly they're treated you know and like told well you owe me this money because you're living on my land or whatever and so they don't understand even that like that's not fair and they they can like it's not legal you know they're just like trapped in this with no way out so hearing her talk about that and then getting freedom papers and and having heard so many more stories of rescue since then, we got to go to a benefit once where a girl, a, a survivor was speaking about her experience in sex trafficking. And do you remember this, Tyler? In Minis- I think we were in Minnesota. It was, it, yeah, they were from Nepal. They were from Nepal. And I mean, the way she was speaking was just... I, I mean, she wasn't holding anything back is what I would say. And it was absolutely like, I mean, it was horrific in ways, but it was also just like reigniting this mm-hmm. fire of like, this is actually happening. And it's unbelievable in some ways. So I think, I guess what I'm trying to say is that having these stories told to us and then hearing a uh, testimony from like a survivor. And then there've been other times where we've been privileged to have that opportunity for us. It's just like something we can't walk away from. Sure. And then I think also, you know, we have three daughters and now a son as well, but I just, I think there's something about having little girls that just like makes this an even bigger deal for us. Oh, of course. And so that would be, you know, I, I think that's why we've stuck with this one, with this for so long. It's been something that has become, like, I think something we're always afraid of and we've, is the idea that we would kind of ride trend waves, you know, of justice. Like, what is it cool to be behind right now? Sure. Because you can switch from thing to thing. And I'm not saying that's always like a bad thing to do, but we've wanted to like really incorporate this into our life and like kind of be be a part of this for like the long haul i guess right is, if if is, yeah if if a bandwagon is rolling for justice it's it's okay to hop on oh yeah and, and keep your head about you but it's also really good to like long term invest like in you know what i'm saying yes yes i and i yeah and it's been 
And I think just like the opportunities we've had to support IJM since that time, like since first learning about them, it's just like, it just makes sense for us to keep down this path. And yeah, so I think, I know Tyler didn't write this about like a specific event, but I definitely, when we're singing, I mean, I think back to some of the stories and I think back to some girls we met in Georgia and just like wanting this so deeply for them and seeing faces and so not being the primary writer of the song. um, That's what I think about when I sing it. It's, it's so funny because, you know, my, I think my first time hearing this was three weeks ago in person and in light of everything that's gone on in 2020 during the pandemic, these current events are, you know, the lens through which I've heard it. And yeah. I, think it, I think Tyler, as you mentioned, that, that it definitely applies. Um, I, I mean, really, it can apply to any injustice that yeah. runs the risk that runs the risk of being politicized yes. by people who are, you know, interested in interested in doing that. But um, I I try with all my might not to do that. Like I'm not I am not interested in political rhetoric i i honestly i try to approach every issue um as a as a a question of morals or a question of ethics and if it's if it's true if something is just or unjust deal with it it doesn't matter if it's if it's left or right or whatever you know um yeah anyway not to get on not to get on like a high horse here um well gosh all right now i've got a lot of thoughts so i'll just spit them out and I'll have to chop it up how I chop it up. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, okay. I, I don't want to reduce the first verse to a disclaimer, even though if you b- just break down the words, it kind of plays that way. <laughs> it's like yeah. a disclaimer with an invitation. And it's mm-hmm. it's letting the listener know, like, we're going to talk about something serious, but I don't want you to, there's no need to get defensive. There's no need to be on guard. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to be the better man. I just... I just want to know the love that's held these hands. You know, like I, I, I want to understand. I want to be empathetic. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I want hope. And uh, I, like, I, th- I think we need it. Like I th- it's such a, it's such a cool way to open the song because it's, it's like you're just talking to whoever is listening to it and just saying, just hear me out, you know? Yeah. Um, is that something, is that common for you? Yeah. I, I think it's pretty, it's, it's become a pattern for us. Um, and I think back to what we call our theme song, or at least one of our theme songs, we have one about a cat that Jenny gave up because I was allergic. Um, and we have another one that's not about a cat. It's about justice again. Um, and it's, Faint Not is the, the title, uh, but it, it actually is a similar structure to Faint Not in that the verses are are kind of this confrontational, conversational, like, yes, very much like a speaking part. There's not a lot of, I don't know if, much, if there are much of any like long notes held out. It's just kind of the way that I would talk to someone uh, with a, with a rhythm and yes, with a a bit of a melody in it. But um, 
but yeah, Faint Knot starts off with the problems, not a gun, not a color, not a hundred dollar bill. And it's, it's, it's that similar, like negative, um, opening. So we, we've done that before. And I think that there's something powerful in a negative, uh, because it implies that there is another side to things. I mean, there has to be, um, if, if there, if something is not, then that, then something is, uh, right by, you know, by logic. And so I think when we address the things that are, that are not it, uh, it almost sparks it, my my hope is that it would spark the imagination in the listener to to yeah to consider what what is this going to be about <laughs> or like what are what are those possibilities uh if 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 this is not then what is you know yeah i actually i tracked vocals on a song today that i feel like is follows that theme as well of like the speaking like the if it's the if we don't want the truth anymore mm. that one like i think tyler really does right in this pattern i do you really you really do <laughs> and it's interesting my songs are like nothing like that the ones that i write um so if you listen to a record i feel like it's really clear <laughs> who the primary <laughs> okay. writer is all right and i'm gonna now i'm gonna go back and you should, try yeah. and figure it out and it's not always that the person you know, singing melody is the primary writer. So like, sure. it's, but I, you know, I feel like it's like, oh, that's a Tyler song or that's a Jenny song. So Tyler, you, you totally write like that. I do. I do write like that. It's kind of, it, it goes along with your personality in a way that like when we were younger, Tyler was like a lot less, um, you were just really, really blunt and I feel like you, some of the things you say and like you kind of use your songs as that outlet now in a way, like not necessarily about all the same things. Right. But you've learned how to be like more. I think there's do, like, do you have any specific stories of his bluntness? Oh, I probably do. <laughs> oh, I, I remember <laughs> when we were dating, um, he, like decided that he wouldn't talk to me on the phone for two weeks because um, he didn't want me to need him. <laughs> and that's what oh, he, he told said, me. He's... <laughs> he actually told me that. <laughs> and then he wrote a song about it too. Um, what song was that? It was the, I could never <laughs> part the seas for you. Oh yeah. And I, I remember <laughs> thinking like, man, he thinks a lot of himself. <laughs> This is a prideful man. I was like, he's assuming that I need him that badly. <laughs> but, you know, I really liked him. So it, I stuck it out for two weeks. And then it was like, it was so weird. But that's kind of how how we were at the beginning. Like Tyler had these extreme tendencies. And there still are extreme tendencies for sure. But like they're not, they're not like they, they don't manifest the same way that they used to. And I think songwriting has been like a great outlet for you to like get this kind of stuff like the really bold just like say what you mean type of of dialogue i guess yeah there's the, the, I, I like to challenge myself yeah and others 
I I have a I think my old our oldest has this as well, sort of a like a truth meter. And so for whatever reason, when somebody says something that isn't true, which happens a lot actually, like I hear so many people say things that aren't true and they don't mean much by it. Like they're not, I don't think they're intentionally saying something like, for example, um, I'll see you soon or like talk to you later. And for me, like that was blown out of the water when I was 15 and I said something like that to my friend and I never saw him later because he, got in a boating accident and he, he passed away. And so that specifically come like, see you soon or, or like, I'll talk to you later. Really like I have to be careful about addressing that in people. Cause I don't think they, they mean any harm by it. And that's, I think that's like a, a, a problem <laughs> that, that I have, but, but even in things like embellishing and, overemphasizing certain points or or describing something that isn't really the way it should be like the title like tonight okay so jane for we're sort of on a tangent right now and i'm just gonna go with it oh you're good so jenny's mom came over today and brought over these cinnamon apple like veggie sticks from aldi and we were at the table and jade was like i love these and sarah was like I feel these are not my favorite. Like, what are these? These aren't veggie sticks, right? And I was like, they're like cinnamon sticks or something. And Jane was like, no, daddy, they are cinnamon apple sticks. And I was like, you know what, babe? You're right. But can you be a little kinder about that next time? <laughs> um, and, and so, yeah, there's like, I have this to to go back to, I think, the point I was trying to make is that I was built with this sort of truth meter and I, I want to communicate the truth with, you know, in, in love. But I think sometimes that means a challenge or a rebuke or, or like a, a confrontation. And so I do that in songwriting. Sure. And, and this one is almost like an invitation to confront something mm -hmm. yeah. with you, right? I was actually going to talk about that. I'm glad that you segued to, to that. It, it is an invitation. And that specific word uh, to meant to, to like reference Sarah Groves again, she has a song that talks about that idea of beauty and love as an invitation and over the years, I have seen in the scriptures a connection between justice and justice done in love um, and and the relationship with God. And so not that like if I do justice, I'm it's it means I'm going to like feel God's presence more or something. Um, but it, what I think it means is that when I do justice in love, it allows me to understand the heart of God better. And so my relationship with God 
can actually improve in a sense, or or I can understand a little bit more of of who God is through this. And so that's this idea of like, I just want to know the love that's held these hands, the love being God, like God is love. Sure. sure. And, and that's held these hands is, you know, his, his faithfulness to, to me, despite my faithlessness to him. So yeah, it, it is invitational. And, and I think that's, Hope. I think my intention with that was like to further break down some walls uh, in that first verse and the second verse too, to say, hey, this isn't political. I'm not trying to make you feel culpable or guilty. Uh, political and culpable are sort of like an off rhyme. And I was like, I think that'll work. Even though I don't usually say culpable, I'm just going to use it in this instance. It, and- it works. <laughs> it works. And it's unique. Not a lot of people use it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It thanks. Um I'm glad it worked. <laughs> um I'm glad you think it works too. Um and then and then just that theme of water um throughout has been water for us has, has been like uh, I don't know the best word intrinsic like it's been constant. It's been like a constant in our marriage in our relationship. Our marriage. <laughs> Tyler's been I'm married. The other day Jenny's I said been, marriage. Jenny's been uh been like I don't know what accent she has these days. I feel like she I have no clue. she does like Jersey and New York sometimes and then she does like Southern. And then sometimes it's Delaware. Sometimes I have the Delaware accent. Yes, she does. But anyway, um like so many of our really um like foundational moments or events in our relationship have to do with water. I feel like we kind of fell in love at the beach. We took this trip to the beach. We got married on the beach. Um, we write a lot about, I mean, we write so many of our songs reference water. So it's like, I don't know what it is. We're drawn to it. And Tyler grew up as a surfer. So like your experience with water and the ocean has always been a really like, it's been very rich and tangible. I have heard stories of miracles. My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. I have a dream of a different world. This seems like kind of a collage, really, the, the, these last two verses here, um, of scriptural imagery and imagery from Martin Luther King's speeches. Yeah. Um, yes. Has he always been like a big influence on you in this regard the way that he conducted his, himself the, the the peaceful protests the the passionate speeches that he gave i think he probably is the the number one for from for me and if you go to most major cities there's a martin luther king jr boulevard or something like that sure. you know um there's a day for him in our yearly calendar so um he does seem like this towering figure and i do remember reading his i have a dream speech the uh the transcript of it and and i remember thinking i i want to bring him into this and the 
the mountainsides, let freedom ring, let freedom right, ring, right. you know, for sure, um, was was from that speech. And then the I have I've heard stories of miracles. That was actually that that was IJ some of the IJM stories we've heard. Oh, really? Of rescue, yeah. Where like I remember this one specifically where these formerly um, formerly enslaved persons were fleeing their their traffickers their 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 masters and they were in a cab and the cab driver eventually let them out because the slave owners were chasing them and he didn't want to and he didn't want to be involved he didn't want to be killed so he just let them off on the street and it, it was an open like an alley or some kind of street that didn't have a whole lot of options of places to go. There weren't places to hide. There were like little tiny trees and things like that. And the story that I heard from, from an IJM person was that the people got out where the, the cab dropped off, dropped the, the, the folks, the people that were fleeing off and they were not, able to like they were walking down the street and they were not able to see the people who were hiding in plain sight like the pursuers the, were unable to the pursuers yeah those so these slave owners were unable to to see the people who had just escaped and and they weren't like hiding under something that you know that made them inconspicuous it was like they were plainly visible and and it wasn't like from what how i pictured it it wasn't a busy street they were like the only people on that street and and they just walked right past them and it was like they were able to escape because they could could not be seen and just hearing that and i've heard other stories that are similar to that where where it's like this is not normal and this seems like it's something that is of god like something miraculous that just like stokes some kind of fire of uh of yeah this this fire of of justice how do you jenny like what is your experience you know since you're both very much on the same page with these issues with you know, your your concept and philosophy of justice, and you obviously know your husband and his heart and mind, like, how much of this are, are you getting from the song or hearing in it uh, when he brings it to you for the first time? Do you remember? Um, I think I get quite a bit of it, but, you know, it's funny. He, I didn't know what that I've heard stories and miracles line was about. So that's kind of cool. Um, oh, till just to now. hear that. Yeah, I didn't know that that was like that you were specifically thinking of that um, that incident. Um, you know, I, yeah. I mean, I think I get like I know I've known he's wanted to write a song based on the justice will roll down um, for a while. So like I understand where he's coming from and like his heart for it. And we talk so much um, at our shows, or at least Tyler is really the one who does most of the talking about justice being part of God's heart and how a way to know God 
better is to engage in acts of, of justice. Um, so I, I took, I feel like I'm, I'm there with him, but this has been so cool. Like hearing, hearing that story, especially I'm like, this is really awesome. I really like that. <laughs> I didn't know that that was it. And I feel like Tyler is very good at writing specifically these songs. Um, he wrote the majority of Faint Not. Again, I think I helped out on the chorus like, and maybe some melody stuff. And then um, the, that one I was tracking yesterday, he wrote that. And I think he just has this ability to communicate this stuff like without being cliche in a way that I definitely, I don't have that. Like I, I don't write songs like this. My songs are so like focused on me. I feel like, um, so it is a gift to me that Tyler like can really write such a thoughtful, like song that I feel like I need. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about some of the songs and we're like, we're specifically this song, Faint Not, and how we have to keep singing it because it's not just for the people we're singing it to. Like, this is for us and we need to be reminded. So I'm very grateful that Tyler's been able to write these songs that help me stay focused and help us like keep going in all of this together. This isn't an attempt to be political This isn't an attack to try to make us feel culpable This is an invitation to watch the waters roll And write new songs Worthy of a listen I'm not trying to be the better man I just want to know the love that's held these hands And try to feel and dream and understand Watch those waters roll Where they never gone before Roll, roll down Roar loud, Free. 
all men's wickedness is finally seized. With every mountainside here's freedom ring, where the waters ever roll, and the righteous thirst no enjoyed my conversation with Jenny and Tyler, be sure to check out more of their work wherever you get music. You can connect with them on social media and find links to more at JennyandTyler.com. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider supporting it on Patreon. The new EP I've got coming out on October 23rd was sent to Patreon supporters early. They got to hear it before anyone else. If those types of incentives interest you, check out patreon.com slash song and story. Otherwise, again, be sure to check out my new EP, Make an Honest Stand, on iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon, Spotify, Bandcamp, or wherever you get music. And be sure to follow Song and Story Podcast and me, Kevin Heider, on social media. As always, thank you for listening. Because you still are, here's a little bonus clip. I do that as well, where like a a line that has always meant something to me, I can use it in a song about something completely different. And I'm the only one that knows, you know, Mm -hmm. that it's it's an illusion, a secret illusion to this other thing. (laughs) Um, Which is much better, like doing it consciously is much better than doing it accidentally. Because that's like actual theft. Well, I've, as opposed as opposed I, to like paying tribute, <laughs> you know. Like, I've I've done both, just so you know. As I, have I. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and it, but so this one time, I I like uh, this song song for you. Okay, um, it's one of our like favorite songs to play. But I'd say top ten songs to play. Uh, I've I've realized that the melody was so so close to this like 
old school Phil Wickham song um, that I had heard when I was in college. I think I was a sophomore in college. And I was like, oh my goodness, did I get the melody from that? And I think that with like probably something in the verses, like a, a reference to John Foreman. Um, again, John Foreman. I feel like John Foreman and Sarah Groves are this podcast. Yeah. Uh, I so so well, I and Springs and Springsteen. It's a Springsteen podcast too. No, it's not. No, it it's is <laughs> Creed too. Creed. Um, Audrey Saad got a shout out. Uh, yeah. So I realized it like a few years later. Like, oh goodness, I think I got this melody, or at least like a lot of it from this Phil Wickham song. Um, what am I gonna do about that? And I was like, actually, nothing. Yeah, it's like there's some similarities, but it's different enough. And maybe I was thinking about that subconsciously, but whatever. It's a different song. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's so funny. I know. I had, uh, what was this late? This was, it was like two in the morning when I was living in Baltimore a, a decade ago. And I, I would always go and play in the kitchen on the first floor because there were no bedrooms directly above it late at night so I could sing loud and, and write and practice. And I remember one night I wrote, it was a killer melody. <laughs> and I was belting it out. I could not stop singing it. For like two hours, I'm just playing it on repeat, just singing random words because the melody is so awesome. And I couldn't... I couldn't wait to see what it was going to become, but I I had one of those like this is kind of this kind of familiar. This is really good. This can't be me. And then after after about two hours, I realized that it was the bridge to a Mumford song. <laughs> oh my goodness, dude, that is yeah so funny from their first record, which I think that was that was had just come out which, around that time. Which song was it? Do you remember? Oh, uh, or what was the what was the bridge? Is there one about wind? There's uh, one about wind. Is that the as the wind? Winter, winter, London with lonely hearts. Is that the one? Tell my heart this time, no. I don't know. The, so there's yeah, there's that one. That's kind of. I don't think there's a bridge on that song. No, I don't think no. so. I don't know. I I can't remember which one it was, but it was off the it was off the first record. It was not from the cave. It was from it was not from the cave or awake my soul. So whatever the other okay. third most popular one, Little Lion Man. Oh, it might have been. There is a bridge in Little Lion Man, right? Yeah, I think so. It's just the R. Uh, R, 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 R or something. Oh, that's He's a it. Pirate. The, yeah, I don't know. R R, R, R yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't think it was that one. Okay. I'll I'll try and figure it out, or I won't. Or I won't. It was just funny because I, you know, for two hours, like this is gold. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> it is not. So it, it is, is gold. It is, it is theft. Gold. Yeah. So uh, let's go listen to "Song for You" and then go listen okay. to "I Will Wait for You There" by Phil Wickham. Okay. It's a good song. It's a okay. gorgeous song. Um. Just listen to the melody, uh, the melody on the chorus, and then try to sing the melody to "Song for You." It's well, you like, have to go listen to "Song for You." Uh, yeah, I mean, listen to both of them and try to like figure out 
how similar they are. Okay. Um, it's kind of ridiculous. 